0: Hello and welcome back to Light the Universe and Everything, a podcast brought to you by me, Owen Vichel, with a hint of personal development, a dash of social commentary and seasoned by my love of photography. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about how we can make life a bit more enjoyable by just making it simpler. Before I get stuck into this episode, I'm going to start off with some news. So I've reduced the frequency of this podcast to every month rather than being every week uh, due to quite a busy schedule with studying and work commitments and, and everything else. Uh, I, I may go back to, to doing it every week once I've established more of a maybe familiar, quicker uh, ed- editing process and I get more into the habit of doing this podcast so that so, uh, you know I'm not ruling out going back to doing this once a week. I want to say thank you so far to all of those who have listened, engaged, or shared my podcast episodes so far, either on Twitter or whatever medium that you're using. I do really appreciate it, and it does make a, it does make a huge difference. And lastly, for for my news this week is uh, th- although this podcast is created using an app called Anchor, which which is awesome because it has so many additional features that, that I really like. Like uh, you guys can leave me voice messages in in response to these podcasts, but it's also being distributed on ma- on many other platforms as well. So you can listen on your favorite platform. The places this podcast currently exists are uh, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify pocket cast breaker radio public stitcher and Castbox, which is quite some list. and um, so it's great because the anchor are distributing that pro- podcast automatically and for free on all of those platforms for me so um let me know where you're listening and it'd, it'd be interesting to know So this podcast is going to start off with a bit of a story about photography, but carried inside of it is a message that I think most, if not maybe all of us could could learn from. So I I really hope you find it useful. And it all started when I I met with a a mate of mine a few weeks ago, and he's also a photographer. Um, as is usually the case, like you'd expect, we we ended up talking about photography. It's a shared common interest, so that's kind of a natural progression to talk about photography for, between the service. They're, they're, they're always enriching conversations and about inspiration or things that we might be working on projects or or, or something like that, uh, and that they're they're thoroughly enjoyable. He's a far more experienced photographer than me as well, so I always feel like I've learned something when the two of us get together, which is always a bonus. Um, neither of us particularly like talking about pixel counts or frame rates or, or gear or, or stuff like that. And on, on this particular occasion, we were talking about uh, um, technique um, and studio, studio lighting technique uh, to be more specific. I'd ask him to do some some new low key headshots. They're the ones that you'll see on my on my podcast artwork, my the cover art that you see for this for this podcast episode and series, uh, and they're also on my website and social media profiles. I'd seen a portrait that he had done before of a, of a guy, and it was the kind of look I was going for. Uh, and he mentioned how he only used a single light for that. For that particular photo, and I, I was quite surprised because it just looked so evenly lit, and it was so it looked so balanced, and it, it was it was a cracking photograph. And I think that, the, that what I'm about to say is kind of where where the penny dropped for me when um, he was he was talking about some other photographers that use overly complicated lighting setups, uh, and how they don't. Use, it's usually kind of an indication that they don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> Uh, that may sound particularly scaling, but it's, it's not to say that photographers who use more than one light are incompetent. No far from it. That's, that's not what we were trying to say at all. Um, the point was, uh, why use more than is required to achieve the desired result? <laughs> Uh, this concept kind of got me thinking about other areas of my life and the people I interact with. I started to notice how often uh, people make things more complicated than they need to be. So take my day job, for example. In my day job, I work as, as a technical support engineer, and there was a particular support case I was working on. It was with a member of the senior management engineering team, and uh, the, the particular product in question is it has been quite poorly designed in my opinion, and it's, it's far too complex. Yeah. as a result of this, we receive a lot more support inquiries for that particular product per unit sold than any other product in our entire range, um, by quite some way as well. And as in my role as that, that technical support engineer, I'm responsible for producing those statistics as well, so I, I have access to that stuff um, every day, and it's it's quite an astonishing difference. I'll go back to the particular support case I was working on um, and I I explained why our customer was having an issue and he kind of the the engineer I was speaking to kind of stood back and said well that's because he doesn't understand it and it seemed to be in a way where He was quite proud of the fact like it was kind of some kind of personal triumph that by managing to design this product in such a complex way and make it so complex and that it demonstrated his, his intellectual superiority. Firstly, I don't agree that just because somebody has a better understanding of engineering, that it makes them intellectually superior to anyone. We've all got our own areas of expertise. Secondly, and actually quite ironically, I actually find that whole concept a bit idiotic uh, not to mention a giant pain in the ass for me who has to answer all of the so-called dumb customers' questions. And you don't even want to get me started on the, the paragraphs of text that come with uh, every single product that we have on, on all of our web pages. It's, they're very. This guy believes in having a lot of text rather than images. So I'm I'm the opposite because images can be translated into many languages and ninety one percent of our business is done overseas. Anyway, I'm kind of digressing a little bit and in, into into a rant. I don't I don't want this to be about a rant. I'm going to get back onto onto where this where this can be kind of applied into our social lives. We also make those quite a bit more complex than than they need to be sometimes as well. There's so much choice available to us now when you walk down the high street i mean okay shops are starting to disappear a bit from the high streets um that, that's another topic in itself but we're, we we seem to be either competing with each other or being competed for we when when i say comp- we're being competed for that's referring to consumerism like i say when you when you walk down the high street every day and you see all these options available for buying some things that do essentially the same thing uh, and this this is no one's fault, you know. It served us well f- from an evolutionary standing. They, those that strive to reach the top of the hierarchical structure they were part of you know, would usually survive the longest. But the problem is this model no- doesn't really work anymore in, in modern society. We, we've all become so much more integrated. And what I mean by the fact that we've become so much more integrated is that Going back to the Coben days, there was always little pockets of communities that were that formed a society. Whereas now it's a much more globalized world. Really, it's you know the the top of the chain is effectively being being head of state. <laughs> okay, that's an extreme example. You know, everyone has their own goals and ladders that they want to get to the top of. But you know, where, where does that ladder stop? So, so here we are again with, with all these options available to us and and we kind of scratch our heads wondering which one to go for that will propel us to the top of that ladder. Um, so we keep scratching and it, it, eventually we get so tired of thinking about it and we end up doing nothing. So as, as Barry Schwartz talks about in his book, The Paradox of Choice, uh, to pull a quote from that, he says, we have a tendency to look around at what others are doing and use them as a standard of comparison for me this relates to social media and how how it's easier now to look around at what others are doing on a much larger scale and this also is what i mean about being more integrated now i don't want to just sound like i'm jumping on the bandwagon of uh, a lot that's going around at the moment with the negativity towards social media um, and the negative impacts that it, it it can have in society at the moment yeah, there is a lot of a lot going around about that but it's it's a relevant point so i i want it's something that i wanted to make <laughs> So where else can this be applied to our lives? So let's take a look at health, for example. You see people posting the pictures or videos or or et cetera on Instagram and working out or going to the gym and they do these complex movements that are just a fancy variation of something that used to be just very simple, but worked and just as well and perhaps if not better. So of course, with with what I mentioned earlier, that the natural thing to want to do is compete with that and make it more complex and more complex and keep going and just the complexity just, escalates and we keep searching for more complex training routines and we end up getting bored and sitting around and doing nothing. I've also been to some gym classes myself where the trainer has, has made it so complicated. Uh, the people in class tend to end up staring around at each other, uh, just completely lost. The same is also true with our diet. The, the cycle goes similar as before. You see, see posts on Instagram of yummy lunch, hunger or jealousy sets in. Must go one better for dinner. Search all your favorite food blogs. It's now eight o'clock and you're too tired to cook, so you just order a pizza. Next, I want to take a look at why too much choice may be paralyzing us when it comes to taking action. Going back to the theory of evolution again, making humans think isn't always a good thing because it burns calories. And Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, going back to our caveman brain that I mentioned earlier, it's, it's still thinking that it, it doesn't know when it may find food next. So it naturally doesn't want to waste calories by thinking. You may think that, hey, you know, caveman days were... A long time ago. That's, but relatively speaking, it's actually not that long ago in terms of the history of the planet, and we're still hardwired the same way in our brains. So, although on a conscious level, you know, there's a supermarket down the road, packed to the roof with options, by the way, we still want to preserve calories. So how might this be be applied now in the, in, in the modern day? Well, let's say for example, if you, you're a business owner or if you're selling something, um, you're a salesman, uh, you need to tell potential customers the bare minimum. That is how your product or service will make their life better in a way that's crystal clear and concise. And that message it needs to be understood by the reader in the quickest amount of time possible. Don't rub it on for paragraph after paragraph about how great your product is. Personally, I don't particularly care. You know, if I'm looking at a website, I just want to know if it will solve a problem I have. To swing back around to the health issues I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're trying to get fitter and healthier, it doesn't need to be complicated. Just stop giving it so much significance. Just think of it as something that you do every day, like brushing your teeth, or at least I hope. Anyway, <laughs> there's a guy called Dan John. He's a he's a strength coach, and I read his blogs, and you know, I listen to some of his some of the podcast episodes that he's been on, uh, he believes that getting strong is, as he says, simple, not easy. Uh, And that's something that really resonates with me and kind of what the the underpinning of this this entire podcast episode. If you remember nothing else from this episode, remember that quote, simple, not easy. So here's an example of how I apply this simple, not easy mentality to my training routine. uh, and if you're confused about your exercise routine and not exercising a result, um, hopefully this is something that will work for you. If it does, great, uh, I'd love to hear about it. So there's three classes uh, a week that I go to that spans across three three days a week and I've um, experimented with different classes until I find the ones that I like based on everything I'm saying pretty much in this episode. Um, One of them in fact is actually a self-defense class and that's taught by my wife. Learning uh, that kind of skill I think of as like insurance, Uh, it's something you never know it's useful until you need it. But for the rest of the week, I train at home. Um, train every single day. I try to limit it to twenty minutes, maybe thirty minutes at an absolute max, including the warm up. Uh, and it's just amazing what you can get done with a workout in twenty minutes. I'm a particular fan of functional movement exercises, uh, and those kinds of exercises usually consist of um, the uh, five main movements, really, and that's a push, pull, hinge, squat, and carry. So, so if you can just do anything, any one thing that conforms to each one of those five movements, you've got a really good training routine there. And, and, that, and that's how simple it is. So I simplify this one step further by using an app to give me a workout routine every time I train at home. Uh, all, all I do is I tell it when I install it what equipment I have at home, so then, which is just a jump rope and some kettlebells. It remembers those settings every time I use it uh, and all I need to do is tap a button uh, and that'll give me a workout that covers two to three movements that I mentioned earlier. And that's how simple it can be, you know, just two or three movements with just two pieces of equipment. I've strayed quite far, I know, from the from the photographic starting point of this podcast. If you are a photographer and you're still listening to this, um, first of all, thank you very much. Um, second, uh, how can this be applied to you? Well, if you take a few more seconds just to think about composition or lighting setup, um, and are all the elements in, in the frame that you're taking a photograph of contributing to the overall message that you want for that image? Is there anything you can exclude, for example? For me, a successful photograph is just as much what you don't capture as as it is about what you do. And I think that can also be a metaphor for life in itself as well. So to sign off with, I just want to say that I think we can all gain more clarity and live happier, healthier and, and more successful lives by stripping back complexity. If you've enjoyed what I've had to say today, don't forget to subscribe and catch future episodes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, by the way. At my, my, uh, hand, my Twitter handle is Owen OwenVachell, O-W-E-N-V-A-C-H-E-L-L. I really appreciate any likes, comments, shares uh, that you're able to put out there for me. It does genuinely make a difference. I do try to engage with everyone that reaches out to me on social media. Um, so I just want to say thank you very much for listening uh, and have a great day.